you are most likely completely unaware of it, but literally everything you do is a pre-learned habit. From clicking a light switch when you walk in a dark room, to brushing your teeth, to the way you walk, the way you talk, reaching out for the snacks late at night, even though you know you're not supposed to, it's all habits. It's time to learn much more about these life-defining processes. Let's dive right in. Meet your host, Andy Naylor. Andy is a men's physique transformation expert, competitive physical champion, and a multi-six-figure business owner who has helped thousands of busy, high-achieving men get into the best shape of their lives and reconnect with their inner alpha. On this show, Andy is going to share with you his playbook on feeling healthy again, avoiding the common pitfalls successful men fall into, dropping 20 to 30 pounds of fat, and building a physique you can finally be proud of. And the transformations aren't just physical either. You're going to learn how meeting your personal goals will help support your professional achievements, giving you that true alpha mentality. Let's go. Alphas, welcome back to the show. How are we doing? Hope we're all good. So we're going to start a habits series. I am literally over the moon excited to be doing this, and I'm going to credit right now much of whatever I'm about to tell you and, and sort of pass on to you over the next few episodes to the work of James Clear and his amazing book, Atomic Habits. I believe this book has been out for quite some time. I always seem to be late on the book chase. I'm just finishing this book up now. And honestly, uh, if you want to change your life, this book would be a really good place to start. All I'm going to do through these next few episodes is just pull out some of the information that I can really try and get across in a podcast and from my understanding that I know will be of benefit. There, there's a lot more in this book than I'm going to be able to get across in this podcast. And I credit everything that I'm about to say pretty much to James. Um, this is an amazing book and I know that I'm going to read it multiple times and refer back to it. And it's, and genuinely, it has already helped me. Even though I'm, I would say I'm fairly conscious of these things, it's given me a completely new perspective into, I would say, a deeper understanding of, of habits, what they are, the processes, the what's, the why's, the how's, the behavioral change, so much. So all we're going to do today, we're going to, these are going to be, hopefully, <laughs> as always, fairly short little episodes, because what I'm going to cover, each one is going to layer into the next one. And rather than try and get everything into one big 60 minute long episode where people get bored to death of hearing me talk, I'm going to try and chunk them down. So today, all I really want to delve into is what is a habit? Like, What is it? We've all heard ourselves say we need to change our habits, but it's such surface level. We don't stand a chance. If you've no idea of what a habit is, why is it even there? What does it mean? How can you go about changing it? A habit is this, a desire to solve a problem or to gain something, basically, to try and break it down to its simplest thing. It is, uh, it is tr you are trying to solve something. You are trying to gain something, maybe even remove something. The remove could be pain. The gain could be light in a room. Um, the desire to uh, solve a problem could be any of those things as well. Ultimately, solve a problem, gain something, remove something. A habit is a behavior that has been repeated enough times so that it becomes completely automatic, non-conscious. You're not having to think about it. And there's a reason it's got to that level. 
you're, a habit is something you don't need to think about. If you if you have a habit to drink more water and you're currently doing some things that I'll talk about in other episodes to make sure that you can drink more water, it is not yet a habit because you're doing something consciously to make it happen. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but that's not yet a habit. It's on its way to being one, but not yet. So many people will ask, how long does it take for something to become a habit? And I've heard, oh, it takes 90 days, two months, 180. None of that means anything. It's the wrong question. How long does it take? It's the wrong question. Better to ask, how many times does the action need to be repeated before it becomes a habit? Right. So now think about this. Let's imagine you do the thing, but you do it once a week. You're repeating it once a week. So in a year, you've only done it 52 times. Chances are that's not a habit. How about you do something 10 times a day? Right. Now, suddenly you've done that in a week 70 times, but you've done it more than you would have done in a year if you did it once a week. So it's not the time, it's the number of repeated cycles through the habit that make it stick. It's not time. It's the successful, rewarded repeats of the process. So it's not just going through the process of what the habit might be. It's actually technically how many times are you positively rewarded for doing the thing? That's really important. Because ultimately, the more times you go through it, the more times you're positively rewarded, the more times you'll do it. Otherwise, why would you continue doing a habit if you're not technically positively rewarded? Now, re rewarded can be good and bad, okay? Can be good and bad. But eventually what's happening is your brain is literally creating neuro connections. It's literally laying down tracks, okay, through this process. And this obviously isn't particularly fast, but it's laying down tracks repeated over and over again. You're, so your, your brain is actually laying down connections like a highway to make it effective and efficient at doing this thing that you keep doing. So the more times you do it, the more your brain goes, right, okay, this seems to be becoming a regular occurrence. How about we get better at it? Now, um, I believe the younger we are and the more plasticity we have in our brain, the quicker this can happen which makes sense, right? Because imagine going from childhood into being a toddler into being, you know, going through school. The amount that you learn over those first few years is, is extraordinary. Stuff that you now take completely for granted. You don't even think, you don't even think about it. Why? Because it's a habit. Now learning a new habit when we get older takes a bit more time, effort, and practice, okay? Think about this though. Right now, how much time and thought, sorry, how much thought process, how much do you think about brushing your teeth, okay? Tying up your shoelaces. Tying up your shoelaces is quite a complicated little thing to do. And when you were a child, it probably took you quite a while to learn it because it's quite dexterous, right? You've got you've to really think about what it is that you're doing, okay? But you, now you probably, most adults tie their shoelaces, which is a complicated little task with, while doing other stuff, okay? How much time do you put in to think about maybe unplugging a hot and slightly dangerous appliance after use? Many people I know, well, certainly most of us would probably unplug an iron. I know a lot of people would unplug a kettle, maybe even a toaster, hot irons, no, curling irons for hair or a hairdryer. Quite often, that's a very habitual thing for a lot of people. How, how much do you think about walking into a dark room and flicking on the light switch? That's a habit. You don't think anything of it. You, you know that you need to switch it on, but you're going through a habitual process. 
How about reaching out for snacks when you're peckish? Right? How about grabbing your phone to scroll social media when you're bored? That right now, I would say, is probably, of course, you know, one of the major it's one of the major habits that we've all formed that didn't exist 15 years ago. We've all created that new habit and we are very good at it. And because it solves a problem, we get rewarded by looking at it, good and bad. How about biting your nails? For anyone out there that has bitten or still bites their nails, you are doing that habitually. You're doing it for a reward. Your brain gets a reward, whatever that might be. You've done it so many times, you now don't even think about it. Breaking that loop is very difficult. How about fastening your seatbelt? Most people probably get into a car and just pull the seatbelt down and click it in without even thinking about it. Now, driving for that matter. Driving is a lot of stuff going on at once. Really, it's a lot. You're having to not only move machinery at your will, but you've got to try and not hit other people's machinery and keep it on the road and think about where you're going. There's a lot. That's a lot. That's a complicated thing. You, There will always be a moment, and I'm pretty sure everyone's had this, where you learn to drive and you're literally thinking about everything. And it's like you're just you know, hanging onto the steering wheel and staring forward. And there'll come a point once you've been left let out into the open, you've passed and you're on your own, where you'll make a journey, you'll get out and then you'll be like, I don't even remember doing any of that. I, can just, I don't remember the journey, but I distinctly know that I had that feeling one day. It happens quite quick. But you make that first journey and you think, I don't remember how I got here. I, as in, I don't remember doing all of the things the braking, the accelerating, the looking in the mirror, the, 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 you know, using the indicators. I don't remember doing any of that. Why? Because you've just done it so many times, it's now become a habit. This is what a true habit looks like. It's so ingrained in you, you don't think about it. Alphas, I interrupt this show with a simple message. This show is here to benefit you and your progression to the best version of yourself, but not only just you. It's also here to benefit the people around you, your loved ones, your friends, other alphas in your vicinity. So why not do a really cool thing today? Something that I would thank you for and maybe someone else would. Share this podcast with at least one other alpha out there who you know would benefit from it. Why not share the information, share the ability for someone else to grow? I'm sure they would thank you. I 100% would absolutely thank you. This podcast only grows by our listeners, our followers doing amazing things like giving us five-star reviews, downloading podcasts, subscribing, and then, of course, sharing it with other people. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Share it with one person. And, of course, drop us a five-star review, download the podcast, and, of course, subscribe. And now back to the show. Okay, so a habit can be broken down into a four-step feedback loop. This was very eye-opening for me, and it's simply this. There's a cue, there's a craving, there's a response and there's a reward. That's it. Cue, craving, response, reward. The cue triggers a craving. The craving motivates a response. The response provides a reward and round it goes. If the reward is positive, and that can be kind of bad positive and good positive, we'll, we'll delve into that. If you technically get out of it what you wanted, what the, what you, what the craving, what you needed to fix, solve, remove, whatever it was, if, if you deem that to be positive, round the loop, you'll go. Round the loop, you'll go. Sometimes you'll, you'll stumble on these things by accident. You know, maybe one day 
Here's an interesting one. Just, just come to one. Maybe one day you walk into the shower and you didn't realize it, but it was freezing cold or it goes freezing cold while you're in it. And of course, maybe just you don't jump out and you realize that standing in a freezing cold shower and the moment you get out is, it makes you feel amazing. And you've, you've stumbled into a random, a random potential feedback loop where I did, you didn't know about the cue. You, did, you didn't know about the cue, the craving or the response. You just come out and you've got a reward. And like, well, that felt really good. Well, your body's going to be like, well, okay, there, we've got a reward here. Maybe we want that thing again. So the next time you, you're feeling the opposite to what you got the reward for. So you walk out of a cold shower and you're feeling energized, mentally focused. And you are, so next time you're not mentally energized, you're feeling sleepy, your body might be like, hmm, we kind of know the, how to deal with this. So now you've got a cue. The cue is I'm not feeling awake uh, I'm, I'm feeling tired, I'm feeling groggy, I'm feeling sluggish, I'm feeling whatever. The craving is you want to feel all the opposite of that. The response is get in a cold shower. The reward is, oh my God, I feel amazing again. On a, and here comes a habit. What gets rewarded immediately gets repeated. What gets rewarded immediately gets repeated. This is how habits work. I'm going to go through the examples that are in this book. Okay, So I'm literally going to read from James's book. Um, James, I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to read you through a whole sort of, so first of all, cue and craving is the problem phase. Response and reward is the solution phase. That seems pretty straightforward, I suggest. So I'm going to go through the examples here just to give you an idea of how, in different areas of your life, what this might look like. So cue, your phone buzzes with a new text message. All right, all of that. The craving is you want to learn the contents of the message, right? Right, it buzzes in your pocket. You're like, mm, you can't help but want to look. You are curious. The, your response is you grab the phone and read the text. Subconsciously, you don't think about it. The reward is you satisfy your craving to read the message. Grabbing your phone becomes associated with the buzzing, the noise, the vibration. So the moment your phone buzzes, makes a, a noise, vibrates, pings, whatever, you're curious. You've now got this cue of you know that there's some information there that you want to see. Round the circle you go. That's habitual. Another one, you are answering emails. You be, that's the cue, you are answering emails. Craving, you begin to feel stressed and overwhelmed at work and you want to feel in control. So you're answering emails, you're beginning to feel stressed, you want to, feel, you want to get in control. You bite, the response is you bite your nails. The reward of you biting your nails is you satisfy your craving for reduced stress. Biting your nails becomes associated with answering emails. Ah, so now when you're answering emails and you're feeling stressed, you're also biting your nails because you're trying to reduce the stress from the emails that you're reading. That's an interesting loop, isn't it? That's just going to go round and round in circles, isn't it? There's no end to that. There's no end. And then maybe the next time you feel stressed in any other area that's now not related to emails, you bite your nails. Basically, in the wider picture here, eventually you associate biting your nails with reducing stress that's now going to become a massive part of your life so can you see how that reward is a positive reward it deals it you, you you're maybe stopping yourself feeling stress but it's not positive is it because you're sat there biting your nails which is not particularly the nicest thing to do so it's it's kind of a double-edged reward okay q you wake up craving you want to feel alert your response is you go off and drink a cup of coffee. 
The reward is you satisfy your craving for feeling alert. Drinking coffee becomes associated with waking up, which is a gazillion people in the world. When you wake up, you don't need caffeine. You shouldn't need caffeine the moment you wake up. If you do, there are problems. Yeah, we all love coffee. I, I, I drink coffee like everyone else, but I wait 90 to 120 minutes in my day before I start drinking it. That's a conversation for a whole different day. There's a reason why that's technically a really good idea to do. You might want to go and look up adenosine. Anyway, but that's everyone, isn't it? The amount of people I speak to who wake up and like, yeah, first thing I do is drink coffee. I'm like, oh, really? Okay, that's a dependence. But it's a dependence because it's been, it's a, it's a habit. You don't technically need caffeine, but caffeine obviously does become a little bit addictive. And then now you're in another issue of habit cycles that are difficult to get out of. Q. You smell a donut shop as you walk down the street near your office. The craving is <laughs> you begin to crave a donut. Um, the response, you buy a donut and you eat it. Like that, how basic was that, right? That was super basic. The reward, you satisfy your craving for eating a donut. Buying a donut becomes associated with walking down the street near your office. Aha. So now there comes a point where you maybe, you know, Maybe you don't even smell the donut, but now the area, the environment that you're in just becomes associated with buying that thing. Interestingly, I've had this personally, and it's only, I've only just realized it. Back in the UK, near where I live, there was a shopping center called the High Cross, big shopping center in a city. And I would go there, and even if I wasn't hungry, I would want to buy cookies because there used to be a cookie stall that made hot, warm cookies near the Apple shop, which I used to spend too much time in. And um, I used to... I used to associate going there with always coming away with cookies. Even if I was hungry or not, it was a habit. They would be on my mind. I can even now picture the little striped pink bag that they come in and probably the exact uh, five selection of cookies that I would buy and the feeling of reward I would get from eating the first one and habitual. Okay, two more. Q, you hit a stumbling block at a project, on a project at work. The craving, you feel stuck and you want to relieve your frustration. Response, you pull out your phone and you start checking social media. In other words, you've distracted yourself from the frustration. The reward is you satisfy your craving to feel relieved. Checking social media becomes associated with feeling stalled at work. So every time you hit a roadblock or maybe you can't do something at work, you just pick up the social media. That's just the thing that you now go and do. Habit, you don't think about it. You're doing this stuff all the time. Last one, you walk in, I've nearly used this one. You walk into a dark room, you want to... That's the cue. The craving is you want to be able to see. The response is you flip on the light switch. The reward is you satisfy your craving to see. Turning on the light switch becomes associated with walking in a dark room. That, my friends, is how a habit actually looks. There's way more going on than you think. Now, if you have never thought about a habit on this level, then you stand basically no chance of changing them. You can't just will yourself into changing a habit if you don't understand what a habit is. So all we've talked about today is what a habit is. And I've given you some examples from the amazing book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Thank you, James. And what we're going to do in the next few episodes is now talk about behavior change, because it's great knowing what a habit is. Wonderful. Great. Happy days. What we're going to do with that. So now what we want to move on to is looking at actual behavior change, because if we're going to go off and better ourselves as humans, which we should always be looking to do that, then I would suggest that 
one, understanding what our habits are and then understanding true behavior change on all the levels that it can happen and then applying that back into habits. What can we do with a cue, a craving, a response, a reward? We can do things to those to make starting a habit or stopping a habit way, way, way more successful. So, Alphas, thank you so much for being in this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. Follow me along for the next one where we'll start to delve into uh, behavior change and really take the ideas, these habits up to the next level, how we can change them and improve ourselves. I will catch you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. We hope that you feel motivated to start making changes in your life so you can see those results that you've been wanting to achieve. Remember, you can do anything you set your mind to. If you love the show, please leave us a five-star review and make sure you tell your friends. If you'd like to connect with Andy, you can find him on Instagram at Andy underscore Nailer underscore Pure underscore Elite underscore Pro. I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. Talk to you again soon.